Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. This is the 50th episode of this podcast, and that feels special. I'd like to start by thanking everyone for their support and interest, in particular those people who coaxed me into going a step farther into sharing my content than merely the blog writings or posts and comments on the Facebook groups. The feedback on these podcasts has been overwhelmingly positive, and you all have my deepest appreciation. The thing that drove me to starting the Facebook group Aikido the Martial Side was the discussion on Miles Kessler Sensei's live Aikido Telesummit back in 2017. The discussion topic was, Is Aikido a Martial Art? The discussion was spirited, and it would be more accurate to call it a debate. That discussion also had the most viewers and listeners and seemed to garner the most interest of all the sessions that were in that telesummit. It occurred to me immediately that there were many practitioners who felt that Aikido is a martial art and they are passionate about that fact. I count myself as one of them, yet I got the feeling that there are very few of us out there. The overall impression I got was that the Aikido community had largely shifted away from being a viable self-defense art into something else. The arguments put forward during the debate drove home how strongly Aikido had become something other than a martial art to many practitioners, and they are just as passionate about it. I felt that those people who wanted their Aikido to have martial integrity and be suitable for self-defense should have a place to discuss, debate, and share information relevant to that aspect of the art. While the group started small, it grew faster than I imagined it would. As of the recording of this podcast, it numbers well over 8,500 members and is adding more than 100 each week. The results are greater than I imagined, with people making friends and meeting up in person and on the mat. And we all know this is where the real magic happens, not online but on the mat. A great deal of valuable history and knowledge has been shared as well, and I've learned a lot which I've shared with my students. The group is definitely a great place to share ideas and gain insights. Since this is the 50th episode, it occurred to me that it has been exactly 50 years since Osensei passed away. Aikido is far different today than it was then. What will Aikido look like in another 50 years? What I cover here is mere speculation, and it's not a prediction, but more of a mental exercise. The best way to explain where you are now is to understand the past and the circumstances which led to the present. In doing this, you can often see a direction which can give you insight as to what the future might hold. History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Trends are observable, and while they are not a crystal ball, they can be strong indications of where things are likely to go. Fifty years ago, Aikido was quite popular and growing. Martial arts had really not hit the mainstream yet, although they were about to. The movie industry was about to experience a huge splash with Bruce Lee, who would draw massive numbers of new students into martial arts training. I believe this was both a blessing and a curse, just as it was when a flood of new students started training Aikido with the popularity of Steven Seagal movies. At the time of Osensei's passing, Aikido had already started branching out. Koichi Tohei and others had been spreading Aikido to the United States, and it was gaining in popularity. A number of his senior students had already established their own Aikido organizations. Most notably, Gozo Shioda established Yoshinkan Aikido, which was established in the mid-50s, and Kenji Tomiki established his Shotokan Aikido just a couple of years prior to Osensei's passing. Aikido was a martial art, which contained an overall message about peace and harmony, but most students didn't fully comprehend that message for a variety of reasons. The result was that the physical art was prominent, and the philosophical and religious aspects were far less pronounced. The practice of Aikido was quite physical and rigorous. In a previous podcast, I've covered the commonly held beliefs that Aikido is a defensive art and that it is fundamentally pacifist in nature. To sum up, both of these beliefs are myths. 
It only takes a few minutes of watching film of Osensei to realize his actions are certainly not defensive in nature. He almost always takes initiative away from attackers immediately. As for the pacifism aspect, his own son flatly denied this in a press conference stating, My father was no pacifist. The beliefs that Osensei or Aikido itself are defensive or pacifist are relevant, whether they're true or not, to where Aikido is today and where it will likely go in the future. Unfortunately, the truth has little to do with belief, and our beliefs strongly affect our direction. People will often choose to believe what makes them feel good, even though it's not true or accurate. In 1969, Koichi Tohei was still chief instructor at Hambu Dojo. He had not yet split off from the Aikikai to form Shinshin Toitsu Aikido, which later became Key Society. More importantly, Tohei had discovered an audience of people who were interested in key development, but who were not interested in training a martial art. That would happen a few years later. I think the early 70s was the time frame which brought together two significant forces and interests. One, people who were seduced by the Oriental martial arts through movies, most notably by Bruce Lee, and who didn't love Bruce Lee movies, and two, a large group of young people who were influenced by the hippie era of the 60s. These were people who were all about peace and the rejection of violence. Vietnam was the first war which had widespread media coverage and showed how ugly violence was. This had a profound effect on the American people, young people in particular. These interests combined with Aikido's focus on being the art of peace, which was largely a matter of adjusting the image of a martial art in post-World War II Japan. The practice of many martial arts was illegal after the war, and enforced by the Allied occupying powers. If your martial art taught peace, then it could be given an exception and the dojo could stay open. I believe Osensei sincerely believed in the pursuit of peace, and that it was not just lip service. However, I believe that his perspective was far more nuanced than thinking he would never hurt anyone. Those who trained with him said that the reason they responded when Osensei came close to him is that it hurt to be contacted by him. No one wanted to get hit by Osensei. Without going into the weeds about Osensei's perspective, we can recognize that he was a complex individual. One can be a strong advocate for peace, but be fully prepared for a fight. I think this describes Osensei accurately. Many of his students were also remarkable martial artists who were known for being very martially effective. I can't name them all here, but they were extremely competent and capable martial artists. It's crystal clear that to them, Aikido was a martial art. It was not a meditation, a religion, or merely physical exercise. It was personal development, and it may have been some kind of spiritual development too, but its core essence was a combat-worthy martial art. That was Aikido 50 years ago. Where is Aikido now? Frankly, Aikido is largely known as a laughing stock in the martial arts world. It has strayed a long ways from the martial integrity it had in the late 60s. Aikido made its own splash in the movies in the late 80s and 90s. Steven Seagal movies brought Aikido to the public and generated a great deal of interest. It appears that the Aikido people saw on the screen was quite different from what they experienced when they went to try it out. Certainly that is the case now. The next big wave of publicity that seemed to hit Aikido came in the form of video sharing on the internet. It came from a surge of interest in the martial arts after the success of the UFC and the emergence of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which was a brilliantly orchestrated marketing campaign by the Gracie family. Publicity genius aside, they had done their work to create a very practical and potent martial art and show it to the world. Whatever you think of the Gracies, you have to give them credit for strengthening up their art and making it fight-worthy. It's not perfect, but they put it to the test and tuned it up. I think Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is having its own issues on how it's evolving, 
and even Ixon Gracie has stated his concerns with it. I believe if Osensei was alive in the 80s, he would be making statements as critical about Aikido as Hickson Gracie has about Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Surges in popularity tend to water down a martial art. I won't go into all the reasons, but the larger your audience gets and the more you want to gain their interest and tuition revenue, the more you need to cater to them. This usually results in easier belt promotions, which tends to keep the students coming back. Fast forward to today, let's take a look at the Aikido community. The first podcast I recorded included a description of the Aikido community from an observer outside of it. The observer noted three main camps within the Aikido world. While I like his description quite a lot, my observations are that there are four types of groups. I believe these four groups represent where Aikido will continue to evolve in the next 50 years. The four main Aikido cultures that exist today. 1. A meditative motion practice. This is kind of like Tai Chi, dancing, or a type of standing yoga with partners. 2. A spiritual development study similar to a church or religion. 3. A practical martial art. And 4. A social activity group, whether it's adults or children. Unfortunately, there's not a great deal of crossover of interest or activity between these groups. That may not be a bad thing, as long as each group has enough popularity to support and maintain themselves into the future. It is quite possible each one could find enough interest to still exist in 50 years, and that really depends on people's interests, which can be difficult to predict. Another unpredictable factor is other activities which do a better job at delivering what these groups already do. As you can see from this list, they are drastically different, and only one resembles what Aikido was like 50 years ago, and that is the practical martial art. Sure, there was some social bonding around Aikido 50 years ago, but that was not the main attraction to learning it. People who participate in an activity together will bond over their common experience. The main thing was not really spiritual and personal development either, although I'm sure these were aspects, but I would bet that these factors were secondary to learning the martial art. You can get personal and spiritual growth and build social bonds with virtually any activity. Whether you take up race car driving, skiing, playing chess, playing a musical instrument, or anything, you can get these same benefits. They don't need to be a martial art to enjoy these benefits. Does that mean that a certain portion of Aikido dojos and practitioners will essentially be doing Aikido-flavored Zumba or Taibo type of activities, all built around getting exercise, memorizing choreography, and doing essentially Japanese martial art cosplay? Cosplay is a word meaning costume play, which usually has fans dressing up like superheroes or characters from movies or comic books. I believe this is what a portion of the Aikido community already does. There are plenty of dojos and organizations out there in which politics, rank, social bonding, and protocol are all far more important than martial arts skills. Many of the tests that I've witnessed from many different organizations are largely kata performances with little attention to practical skills. Where will this type of practice lead in 50 years? I do think there will be enough people who are interested in that sort of thing to keep it around, but I can see those who are focused on Aikido being a self-defense art will have little in common with them. Frankly, I feel this way today and have for a few years now. These different interest groups do not need to be at odds or feel that they are competing with one another. They are providing vastly different services. There's a problem though, that is, how does Aikido maintain a clear image of what it is if there are profound differences between what one Aikido group is offering and what another one offers? So much so that they are unrecognizable from one another. Where will this go in the future? If any of you have been to the southern states in the U.S., they use the term Coke to mean any carbonated soda beverage. 
If you ask for a Coke, you could mean Mountain Dew, 7-Up, Pepsi, or Dr. Pepper. How's somebody to know the difference? If Aikido continues to develop these drastically different flavors, then what will it mean when somebody says Aikido? I really don't know the answer to that one, except to look at how language evolves to solve problems like this. New terms arise to provide clarity. A confusing image or reputation fails to attract interest, and I believe this is a big part of why so many dojos are reporting a lack of attendance and a drop-off in new students. That is another subject entirely, but without going into all the factors of why Aikido seems to be declining in popularity, I think the future of Aikido will probably reflect the vastly different goals people have for their Aikido. It seems likely that Aikido will need to adopt names to identify what type of Aikido a dojo or organization is focused on. Customers and potential students are not attracted to things which are vague or confusing. Chinese martial arts address this with different terms, an example being that people are pretty clear on the difference between Kung Fu and Tai Chi. Most lay people have a basic understanding that Kung Fu is a martial art and Tai Chi is more of an internally focused practice for health and fitness. If Aikido is going to present a well-defined image, there will need to be some clarity to the different activities it offers. Something I've given a great deal of thought to for years now is whether to stick with the name Aikido for what I practice and teach. While I personally have lost interest in names and labels for martial arts in general, I realize that those searching around for martial arts training have not. They are important identifiers for what people may be looking for. I really like the word Aikido, but what it means to me is quite different from the prevalent image that it has these days. To me, it is a potent and valid martial art. To the average person who has looked online, Aikido is a nonsense art which is a laughing stock in the martial arts world. I've seen all levels of practitioners, all the way up to the top ranked ones, many of which continue to foster this image with their poor skills and teaching. This disgusts me, and it occurs to me that taking on a different name for my art would help distance what I do from these charlatans. The other reason I think of taking on a different name is merely to be a more accurate descriptor of what I teach. So what would that name be? One possibility would be Aikijitsu or Aikijujitsu. The reasoning is that using the term Do, which means way, seems to reflect taking on a martial art as more of a meditation or religion than a practical art. Modern practitioners believe nowadays that Jitsu arts are primarily about function instead of spirituality. While there is a strong philosophical base to my approach, my art is very martial based. Since so many Do arts have become so spiritual and ritual based that they have lost their function, it might be that Aikijitsu or Aikijujitsu might be more descriptive. The thing I don't like about those names, other than the arguments about which is more linguistically correct, is that these names typically have a Ru or lineage school attached to them. I have a huge problem with what is often referred to as stolen valor. That is, claiming a lineage or achievement that you did not earn. The best example of stolen valor are people who were never in military service dressing up in uniforms to get attention and respect. I find this is very common among martial arts instructors and I despise it. They tend to pad their list of accolades with belt ranks, certifications, and will even exaggerate or lie about who their teachers were. I actively avoid any implication that I have experience or training that I do not. Another term which might fit is jujitsu. After all, the parent art that Aikido, Aikijujitsu, Judo, and I believe Sumo came from at one time were simply called jujitsu. Prior to the late 1800s, it was all one art and had not separated into specialties yet. Actually, sumo as a competitive sport of some kind goes back a couple thousand years. Sumo was more of a contest format, though, 
than a limited set of techniques as modern martial arts tend to be. I like the term jujitsu for that reason as my own art is drifting away from the hyper-specialization of modern martial arts to being more comprehensive and covering all aspects of hoplology. The thing about the term jujitsu I don't like is that it is a term that has a very strong meaning and image nowadays, and that is almost entirely sport jujitsu. We have the Gracies to thank for their brilliant marketing strategy. Ironically, even the Gracies art is suffering from hyper-specialization now, which Hicks and Gracie himself has complained about. I don't want to have my art confused with theirs, so jujitsu is out. The one term that appeals to me a great deal, but does not have the baggage of being used by other arts, is taijutsu. This was a term going back farther than jujitsu. It simply means body art, which was used to describe hand-to-hand combat as opposed to weapon-based combat. Taijutsu does not carry the common perception that it is all on the ground, not on the ground at all, is about striking, or has no striking whatsoever. The term itself is accurate to a general art that includes all aspects of what I practice. The downside is that the term is barely known to anyone and is not recognizable. The term Aikido has wide name recognition, although I've been wondering for some time now if that is a good thing or not. I keep coming back to this question. Is what I do holding up to what O-sensei had in mind for his Aikido? This is tricky, as his words and writing were about as confusing as you can get. However, from a martial standpoint, he seemed to be extremely well-rounded. This is a trait I very much admire, but sadly very few Aikido practitioners have. So the fundamental question is, do I strive to fit the example set by Osensei and his primary students, or the example set by modern Aikidoka? I've met a few modern Aikidoka with outstanding skills who are very well-rounded martial artists, and I think Osensei would be pleased to see people like this use the name Aikido for their art. Unfortunately, I cannot say the same for the vast majority of practitioners out there. I'm talking about practitioners with decades of training who have no practical skills or who are not well-rounded. It is practitioners like this whom I have little to nothing in common with. It may be controversial to say this, but I think people like this are a far cry from what Osensei envisioned Aikido to be. That being a martial art which is potent, versatile, and effective for self-defense. That is what makes me hold to the Aikido name most of all. I admit that this is something that I revisit on a regular basis. It may be very well that someday I will change the name that I use. I'd much rather see Aikido rebuild itself and take back its martial heritage than see it continue to sink into irrelevance. We'll see what the future holds. If you look over the vast history of many martial arts, it becomes evident that they all evolve. The question is, what do they evolve into and why? If they are driven by interests which make them something other than a martial art, then one day that art will cease to be martially relevant and will have become something else. The new thing it has evolved into will either be popular and attract its own following, or it will disappear. For those who pursue Aikido to be martially effective, I think the evolution will go much like the evolution of Bruce Lee's martial journey, where he adopted aspects of other arts into his own. The fact that he created a different art with its own name may be something that happens to Aikido. Some Aikido practitioners cringe at the idea of someone other than Osensei evolving the art. Osensei's innovations have long since ceased and will never return. That ship has sailed. The thing is, Aikido will either evolve or die. Even Osensei said, The techniques of Aikido change constantly. Every encounter is unique, and the appropriate response should emerge naturally. Today's techniques will be different tomorrow. Do not get caught up with the form and appearance of a challenge. Aikido has no form. It is the study of the spirit. This statement stands as a testament to evolution and adoption of new things. 
Sadly, we no longer have Osensei to serve as a guide. We must do that ourselves. We can find inspiration in what came before, but our eyes must be on what is now, not what is past. Don't spend too much time looking back, because that's not where you are headed. When we think of keeping Aikido's legacy and heritage intact, we must consider the Aikikai. It is the organization which represents the founder directly, and has been presided over by his son and currently his grandson. There is every expectation that this will continue when his great-grandson is appointed to the position of Doshu of the Aikikai. One might think that the direction of all Aikido is determined by this organization, but it is not. Really, the Aikikai has virtually no influence over how Aikido is practiced. I'm not referring to outside dojos and organizations here, but how little influence it seems to have over organizations which are affiliated with it, or even its own dojos. This isn't something it should be blamed for, though, but instead reflects more on how practitioners and instructors guide their own groups. They do it as they best see fit, which totally makes sense. They won't all share the same vision or use the same process. Every group has its own unique culture and personality. A main umbrella organization which oversees all of this really cannot exercise a great deal of control over every dojo under it, at least not in the martial arts world. It just doesn't work like that. An example of this would be something I heard about a few years ago. The Aikikai evidently removed choking techniques from its curriculum. Granted, since I only heard this, it could be merely a rumor, but it does seem plausible. Whether that decision was made or not is really not my point. Imagine just how this would go. There are instructors and practitioners who have been teaching and training chokes in their classes for years and decades. I'd be willing to bet many of these people see the value in knowing how chokes work. Would they stop teaching them entirely? I doubt it. More than likely what would happen is that they would be removed from testing criteria and instructors would continue to teach them, stating that these techniques were no longer part of the Aikikai curriculum, but they're going to show them anyway. That's probably how I would handle it, as I think chokes are important to understand. You really don't understand them unless you train against someone who can do them. If you don't train how to do them properly, how can you train to defend against them effectively? The simple answer is you cannot. Given everything I've seen from the Aikikai, including a recent statement by Morateru Ueshiba, the current Doshu, indicates that they will not be taking a lead on guiding Aikido back towards its martial heritage. Morateru's statements included nothing about Aikido being a martial art and seemed to be entirely focused on it being a spiritual and self-development practice. While I believe that good martial arts training does a fantastic job of self-development, without the martial aspect, it's little more than a Tony Robbins course. In the case of Aikido, you get the self-development through the martial aspect of training, not instead of it. I mean no disrespect to anyone within the Aikikai, but I believe the direction it is going is taking Aikido farther away from martial relevance. Just like any other large organization, its priorities are on politics and making money. Consider this analogy. At one time, Sears and Roebuck dominated retail sales in the United States. Their department stores were on the forefront of selling merchandise, and they were at the top of their game. They were a large part of the retail market. This is where the Aikikai once was. When the internet came along, Amazon built itself up and is now a major retail force, and Sears is bankrupt. All Amazon was doing was what Sears did originally. For those who are not familiar with the history of Sears, it started as a catalog mail-order sales company. Only later did it build on its overwhelming success to establish department stores. Sears had built their retail empire on selling merchandise to people via the mail. 
Granted, they did it via catalog instead of a website, but mail order was their entire business model. Why didn't Sears do what Amazon did? They were already a step ahead of the game, having done it before. The answer is that Sears was too big and too well established to change. The leadership did not see how the world had evolved, nor did they attempt to adapt. They did not recognize the new opportunities which the internet brought about. The result is that Sears went bankrupt holding on to the past when they could have done what Amazon did. Of course, it would have taken leadership that was forward-thinking instead of focused on old business models. I feel the Aikikai is where Sears was when Amazon started to emerge. They are big, but they are not adapting to how the martial arts world is evolving. They do not appear to be forward-thinking and working towards making Aikido a relevant martial art among people who are interested in martial arts. Instead, it appears that they are taking Aikido into the self-help realm. Personally, I think this is a mistake, but that's just me. For those of us who are interested in Aikido as a powerful martial art, I think it is quite clear that the Aikikai is not going to provide a rallying point for the future of Aikido. What about organizations in general? That's a deep enough subject that I'm going to have to save that for another podcast. But I believe the nature of large organizations is actually detrimental to a martial art. It can have some positive benefits, but I think the negative influences far overshadow the positive. I'll get more into that in a podcast in the near future. I believe the future of Aikido is in the hands of those of like mind to get together and evolve it in such ways which suit their interests. I think Osensei would approve of Aikido being a potent and effective martial art which can stand tall among other martial arts without needing excuses for why it doesn't work or isn't useful. That's just my opinion. If you find a dojo or instructor who teaches Aikido the way you want to learn and practice, take on your training energetically. Support the group because it is hard work to get a group going and keep it around. Never assume it will be waiting there for when you someday get around to training. Always take great care with choosing who you follow and what you spend your time studying. We will see what the future of Aikido has in store. What are other topics you're interested in hearing covered in this podcast? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. You can also support this podcast by donating either through a monthly sponsorship or a single donation of any amount you like. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through the comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.